who I think is an interesting guy to watch here is Brad DeWitt. He is the girls' varsity head coach of Stewart's Draft. He had a lot of experience at Waynesboro coaching underneath his dad. I'd be interested if they don't look in-house and, and maybe restructure and see what's going on, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Brad DeWitt winds up in that spot. Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Welcome back to another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast, your Augusta County sports, talking about everything you, the Augusta County sports fan, want to hear about. So Joe and I will start out with talking about the Stewart's Draft Cougars basketball team. And a couple weeks ago, about eight weeks ago, uh, Mike Gale stepped away from the Stewart's Draft program to go be an AD down at Rockbridge County. And at that time, I kind of had a list of guys okay is it this assistant coach or is it this guy or is it brad dewitt who's currently coaching the girls team who had history of coaching the waynesboro uh boys team underneath his dad well sure enough here eight weeks later somehow some way i'm proven to be right with no inside knowledge just throwing useless reckless uh rumors out uh so brad dewitt named head coach at stewart's draft monday and uh Congratulations to him. It's something he wanted to do. He coaches a bunch of different sports at Stewart's Draft. I know he's involved with the football team and I believe the tennis team uh, or one of the tennis teams. So, uh, yeah, good for him making that adjustment to the to the guys team and uh, happy for him. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. Again, I think the first thought on your mind and my mind when it comes to Coach DeWitt and what is in store for the Stewart's Draft men's basketball team now is do they keep that same style of offense? Do they keep the same style of play? I'm going to be very curious. Um, I know you to go back here really quickly before I let you jump in with another serious point uh, with your with your guessing. And I think you alluded to it there with you threw out a bunch of names and one stuck. Yeah, uh, is, one stuck. <laughs> yeah. You just took all the darts, closed your eyes and threw them at the board and one hit. So, hey, and you and you turn around and go look at, at how good I am. I hit the I got the bullseye there. Uh, but yeah. How right I am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the funny thing or the thing about him, uh, the article that I read from the News Virginian, um, and that's just the one I saw first and read only. So uh, they did, I think, have some interview with him. And I, I, it doesn't seem like he's going to go ridiculous like we've been seeing. I think okay. he's moving away from that. He references the importance of the three-point shot in the high school game, uh, but talks about a man defense. I mean, it just, I think if he was going ridiculous, he'd be saying ridiculous and he'd be saying, I'm doing the same. So I think it will get a little more traditional there. Um, but hey, I, I mean, immediately you have a bunch of kids that are used to playing in that style. Maybe their pace does stay a little quicker here this this first year as things adjust, you know, hopefully they're playing. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think we've seen the end of ridiculous as we've known it. And now wow. we'll see maybe a modified version and turn it into the game that he's used to coaching. And you can't blame him for wanting to coach his way. I mean, if, if you're not used to coaching that fast paced, having confidence in 12 guys on the team um, to go out there and provide solid minutes all game, you know, you, you gotta, um, you gotta do what you gotta do. And I think we'd say that with all the football teams, uh, changing coaches, you gotta make it your own. And, and just because something has had success and look, they're coming off a season where they had the most success they've ever had in that program's history. You know, you still got to make it your own, but I, I would be shocked if we don't still see some fast pace out of that group, at least in this first year, just with the kids returning they're they're probably pretty used to playing that style and they'll they maybe push 
faster than Coach Brad DeWitt wants them to maybe at times. And so it'll be a little bit of adjustment. But, uh, you know, I am sure he'll have a good handle on the team. And, and I'm, you know, use what you have. And I'm and he's a good coach. I've seen him in action, particularly at Waynesboro as an assistant underneath of his dad. Um, so I'm 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 sure they will still have pretty good success there. I don't think they'll just fall off the map just because of a coaching change here. They still have good talent there. He's a good coach. So I expect, uh, you know, I don't know if you can expect state quarterfinal run uh, every year or anything. It's not something they did every year before. But I still think, you know, contending for a Shenandoah district championship is still definitely right there in front of them. Yeah. And look, I mean, it was the first state tournament they had been to in school history, I believe. Right. So, yeah, yeah, if they don't make it to another state tournament next year, assuming they can play, um, that's that's nothing against Coach DeWitt. I mean, I think personally and I I like Coach Gale, uh, the few times we've had conversations with him on the radio, they've been pleasant conversations. He's very helpful. Super nice. Yeah. But I will say, and I've talked to you about this, there are games where you look at it and you're like, this is not working, and they stick to it. So I personally think a change could could help Stewart's draft because there are times, too, where you know it's just the right time to make that line change to keep everybody fresh, and you're taking hot shooters off the floor, and then the next line's not as hot, and it allows the other team to come back a little bit because ridiculous is great when shots are going in and turnovers are happening on the other side of the ball for the other team, but when they beat the press and you're missing threes, it can, you can dig yourself in a hole real quick. So a change is not necessarily bad at Stewart's draft. I'm going to be interested to see how much of a change coach DeWitt wants to make in that first year. And uh, again, I just hope we have sports, I guess, but if we do, um, I'll be interested to see how Stewart's draft measures up with the rest of the Shenandoah district. Credit to Coach DeWitt. He, he built a good girls program there. Yes, in Draft. They had a lot of success in the two years that he was head coach and he was an assistant uh, before that uh, there for uh, one or two years there um, right before that. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's done a good job and I'm sure it'll continue. I, I really do. So moving on uh, from less local, but still what our local fans care about. The uh, Washington football team there has been getting a lot of uh, a lot of talk this week, and uh, it's all about the the mascot name Redskins and it's, it's not a new story. It's something I think we've touched on here before, um, but it's back up front in the news. And, and in all honesty, when I saw last week and, and maybe I was a little bit out of the loop cause I was enjoying some family vacation time. Um, you know, I saw Patrick height tweet about, Hey, the, the change is happening. It's happening. And it was off somebody else's tweet. And I just immediately was like, I've seen this song and dance before I've seen Dan Snyder, you know, trot, somebody representative of the native Americans up on a stage and say, everybody's happy with it. We're fine. I'm never changing this name. So I was pessimistic at first, but it seems like there is a lot of push behind it, including big time sponsors, Nike and FedEx. And it seems like, and Dan Snyder's, you know, saying in a different tune this time. Uh, yeah. Look, I mean, he's in, he's I'll believe it when it changes. I'll yes. say that. That's, that's going to be my stance on this. I'll believe it when it's official. Um, Nike taking down their merchandise on the website was interesting. I have a feeling that if Dan Snyder decides not to change the name, that will also change because eventually the NFL is going to say, look, we have an agreement with you, Nike. And if you want to violate that agreement, that's fine. We'll take our business elsewhere and Nike will lose a lot of money out of it. Um, so that's, that's fine. Also, I'm not saying Nike is wrong in this. 
I'll get into my opinion on the name Redskins here in a second. But when Nike tries to take a moral high ground on any issue, yeah, yeah, I do yeah. scratch my head. Look, I wear Nikes, so maybe I'm a bit I of a hypocrite here I'm too. Wearing right now is Nike, yeah, maybe yeah. I'm a bit of a hypocrite here too. But <laughs> when the company that pays a kid a nickel to make my shoes says, you know, this is this isn't right. This is a human rights thing and all this. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I guess you would know better than most about human rights abuse since you partake, but it, yeah. them and Apple, uh, those are two companies that whenever they talk about human rights stuff, I'm like, oh, okay. And, and the thing with Nike right there too, is that they've already made the apparel. Like they, this wasn't, a problem Oh yeah. It's them. it's made. Uh, yeah. The last three years that they've had this contract or when they bought into the NFL, they didn't demand this change. So like, I, 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 I'm trying to allow for all these topics of late for people, allow people to wake up, allow people yeah. to change their stance. And I like, as much as I might not agree with their previous stance, I'm trying to give a little bit of benefit of the doubt when they are making an effort to change, when there's something, you know, modifying, I'm trying to give that credit, but yeah, Nike taking the big stance is, is hard to really just push out there, but it wasn't just Nike. It was also FedEx. It was also, um, it, there was a lot Pepsi of Pepsi was one, I think. Pepsi, I think, pulled. FedEx has not pulled. FedEx no, but requested. They, they threatened. Yeah, they requested that the Redskins change their name. They did not pull. I believe okay. Pepsi pulled, um, which is interesting. Uh, and again, that's what it's going to take for Dan Snyder to money. change his mind. It's going to be money. Money. Um, and I always thought this was going to happen when they got a new stadium. I thought they're going to get. They're going to want some land somewhere, maybe back at the old RFK site. And that would be the time when whoever got on that land said, yeah, we're going to do this. You're going to have this deal, but you got to change the name. I thought that's when it would be, and it would be money related. I thought that's when it would change. Looks like it's going to change sooner. Yeah. And, and by change, if they do change the name, by changing the name, they'll make a lot of money because a bunch of people will have to buy new stuff. Uh, but look, Obviously, there's a lot of people that are upset that the Redskins might change their name. If you're that upset that you're going to stop rooting for the team, I would say that you weren't really a Redskins fan to begin with. I I don't I don't understand if, that point. Look, like, I like I the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I like the Baltimore Ravens. I love the Baltimore Orioles. If either one of them were like, we're changing our name tomorrow, I would still root for those teams. I don't yeah. care that deeply about the I, name I of any team that I root for. There. Yeah, just on the mascot name. I don't I don't understand it. I, I'm not motivated to root for teams based on the mascot. It's just not me. But if I was a Native American and I was rooting for the team named after Native Americans, that that's a racial slur. Maybe then I would agree. Like, I would see what that person's saying. Like, but anybody I've seen complain about it hasn't that hasn't applied. <laughs> yeah. The least, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and look, I just don't understand it. I, I don't know what they're going to change the name to. There's been a ton of ideas floated. Some I think are smart. Some I think are not. Um, we'll see. Uh, obviously, another thing that comes to mind, and, and when it comes to the name change, if they change the name, that's that's fine. I look of all of the business, team names. Yeah, of all the team names that have Native American connotations, I would say this is by far the worst that is still in use that I have heard. Uh, Southeast Oklahoma State did used to have that. Uh, in fact, when you're watching the Last Dance documentary, Dennis Rodman went to Southeast Oklahoma State, and you can see the old school name right there on the front of the jersey. It was the Southeast Oklahoma State Savages. That was another one that I was yeah. like, okay, that one's pretty oh. bad. Um, yeah. 
So they changed that. Uh, Utah Redskins, used to have it. Yeah, Redskins. Miami of Ohio used to be the Redskins. Uh, there have been others, and they've changed. There was like in 2012 or something. I don't know. I read a stat. It was like there was like 100 teams that had the Redskins in, in the country, and now they're down to like 40-something. Like it's been eroding. So, yeah. For- it, it's time, yeah. it's changing, and I would say that is by far, especially of pro sports teams and college sports teams that I'm aware of, uh, that's by far the most problematic name. Um, obviously, Cleveland Indians comes up, and they have announced that they are looking into possibly changing their name as well. Yeah, and they they previously had a logo that the logo was, was troubling. Pretty, pretty offensive. Yeah. And I think they've already moved away from that logo. Mm-hmm. I think if they never had that logo, maybe they wouldn't be quick here. You know, maybe you can make that argument with, with Indians that it, it, that it is honoring. Like maybe there is an argument there. I don't, I don't buy it for the Redskins. I just, I, it, I'm even hesitating saying the word now because it's just so it's, it's just a slur. I mean, I looked, I will, I wanted to look up the history of the name and uh, yeah, it doesn't, doing that isn't going <laughs> to help the situation. Um, and there was a Washington post article from like 2016. The last time this kind of rose way up. Um, but also the, the Redskins, their fight song, which is very famous fights on the old lyrics. Who is laced <laughs> is laced. I with don't know the old lyrics, racial yeah. stuff. I don't know so the old lyrics. Um, yeah, it's not, a, it's not a good rabbit hole to go down. It won't make you feel better about yourself. I think I've watched enough things that make me not feel good. <laughs> so um, this week, and I'll get to some of that later in the D block. But yeah, it's it's definitely look. The Cleveland Indians is another one. If they decide to change it, okay. If they don't, okay. It, it's I'm not the person affected by it. Um, yeah, I'm not offended. So my opinion doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Atlanta Braves, Kansas City Chiefs. Those are the other ones that come up. Chicago Blackhawks and hockey. Uh, the Blackhawks are named after a tribe, so I would say that kind of needs to be determined by that tribe. If that tribe is offended by the Chicago Blackhawks logo, the team name, yeah, anything which that, connects us to Florida State pretty quickly. Yeah, which we're going to go to here in a second. If they have a problem with it, fine. If people that are not of the Blackhawk tribe are upset, I'm sorry, you don't get to have an opinion on this, just like I don't get to have an well, opinion on to be offended. Or not and having the opinion is one thing. Leading leading the fight is, I think, where you're saying like you you shouldn't be the one oh, yeah. leading this if if you're not part of this or you're not um you're allowed to support like like we talked about for weeks now with the Black Lives uh, Matter. That's true. Yeah, Anybody's you're allowed, allowed to, support... to support somebody else's cause and have a voice that's in support, but don't you can't be the front lines. You can't right. um you can't be the one standing out, especially if the if the people that could be offended when it's when it's less broad than we're talking with the Redskins when it is a tribe or something more um you know when they supported related with something specific when they support it and view it as something that is a positive image then I'm gonna say okay well if they view it as a positive image then I'm not gonna take that away from them just because you're yeah. upset about it and I can believe that with something like Chiefs and Braves and maybe yeah. it's not and maybe I'll be proven wrong here shortly that and that I will accept that but I can understand those conversations way quicker than I'm understanding anything to do with, uh, with the Redskins there. Yeah. And, and look, I think with, with chiefs and braves, I think those are it's more pop- positive terms. Um, look, 
maybe Native Americans definitely have problems with things fans are doing in regards to what they do in the seats. And that's an entirely different conversation. But um, look, with Florida State, obviously, uh, the the last go-round where the NCAA, when Miles Brand was the president, and they tried to have... I was still in high school then, so I think it was 05, maybe 06, um, where they were they were going through and they had made it a thing that the NCAA championships weren't going to be hosted at sites that had native American imagery and blah, blah, blah. And Florida state very quickly came out and said, look, from the beginning, we have had the Seminole Mm -hmm. tribe of the state of Florida. We have worked with them, with everything, with all of our imaging, with everything we do, we run it through them, make sure it's okay. They were part of the beginning of the school academically. Yes. So obviously the NCAA looked a bit foolish when they went after them there. In fact, the NCAA looked really foolish when they said that they found Chief Osceola and Renegade to be highly offensive when Chief Osceola's uh, regalia is designed and created by the Seminole tribe of the state of Florida. So I think Miles Brand looked really foolish there. Again, that's how Southeast Oklahoma State changed their name. So not all of it was wrong. William & Mary's another one. They ended up changing their name. Um. And that's up to those institutions. That's yeah. That's up a to lot them. of these are private institutions. I, I mean, Florida State is a state school, but William and Mary a private school. Yeah. Um, a, 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 the business sports franchises so the are businesses. Football team is a private business. Yeah, the they Cleveland have to make that decision. Team. They have to make yeah. that decision themselves. And again, if if they're hearing from a lot when it comes to it, Braves, Chiefs, uh, Indians, those broad terms that describe a large swath of Native Americans. If they're hearing from Native Americans and they're like, look, this really bothers us and we find this offensive and we find this thing that you do offensive, then okay. I, if if that's how they feel, I'm not going to tell them they're wrong in feeling that way. So those businesses then have to make that decision. And yep. uh, again, I think if it truly bothers a large portion of that population, then yeah, I, I don't see the harm in changing the name. When it comes to uh, you know Florida State, again... Um, I think they're different. I, they have worked hand in hand with that tribe. That the tomahawk chop is another thing that sometimes gets looked at. That's another thing that Florida State has gone to the Seminole tribe and said, "Hey, is there a problem here? Do you guys find this offensive?" They said, "No, they're okay with it." Um, so at that point, again, at the when that's the case, and the official Seminole tribe of the state of Florida the actual governing body of the Seminole tribe in the state of Florida says they don't have a problem with it, then to me, that kind of puts it to bed. Um, until they say, stand up and say, hey, we find this offensive, we have a problem with this, I kind of am not going to take that argument very seriously when it comes yeah, and is applied to Florida State. Right, who yeah. are you supporting if the people that you are allegedly saying are offended come out and say, we actually are not offended? I do think um, across the board, though, with the tomahawk chop, and Jeff Wright brought it up in a, in a tweet to us today, and I, I'd imagine we'd have touched on this either way, but uh, always appreciate the help in uh, topics for the show, so don't keep them coming. But uh, they, I do think across the board, you, you could understand some hesitations from other teams, other fan bases, or you know, in-stadium entertainment. I mean, a lot of time that song goes with a, a PA-provided music um particularly the braves mm-hmm. and 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 other venues I, I would 
examine that if I were those teams. I think it's like a team like the Braves, if if they widen the scope of what their their team imagery and logos are, you might be able to just be fine with your team name and, and move on. But I do think when you have that tomahawk on your uniform and you have that tomahawk chop in the stands, you're very straightforward with that. There is no seminal tribe related to your ball club or your organization. So it gets a little more murky there. You might be dealing with a more broad base of uh, Native Americans, and then that's what we're back to talking of what's going on in Washington. Mm-hmm. I obviously think the name Braves is not as offensive myself, but again, I'm not the one that would determine that. So I, I'm hesitant yeah. about it anywhere but Florida State. I agree with what you said about Florida State because I've seen all that stuff when you did, you know, 15 years ago. Um, maybe it gets examined again. Maybe it all get that conversation gets freshened up, and there's some new public relations work done there, and, and that's fine. To, to help the situation. And that can only, I think help people's understanding of, of what's going on there and, and maybe form their opinions for these other places. Um, but overall for, I guess I'm just not put back by people's effort to make these public events and, you know, sports in general, be more inclusive and, and, and shy away from being, offensive. I, it doesn't bother me. I guess, I don't know if that makes me a snowflake or what. It just, I don't care what these teams are called. I'm going to watch the sports and I'm going to cheer for the teams to beat them. Cause none of those are my team. I'm the Steelers. If, if the steel industry gets offended and they change the name away from the Steelers, just like your Ravens, I'm still going to be cheering for the Pittsburgh football team. So like it, I guess it, I just don't get hung up on mascots that much to yeah. be worried about this. And you know, I've talked to people that I value their opinion on a lot of stuff and I would consider good friends. And, you know, we've talked about the Tomahawk Chop specifically. And and I went to a school that the nickname is the Warriors. And I was in the band and we played the Tomahawk Chop and we played it loud and we played it a lot at football games. And, you know, it's like I told him, I, I didn't... We didn't, when we were playing the Tomahawk Chop, we weren't doing it to mock Native Americans. We weren't doing it to make fun of them. We, we weren't celebrating our name being called the Warriors because we thought it was funny that they were Native Americans or anything. That's, that was one of the things that I, I see a lot in saying, you know, well, and again, it's not from Native Americans. If Native Americans say it, then all right, I'll listen. Um, but when I'm not hearing it from Native Americans, I'm hearing it from other people that are offended on behalf of Native Americans, saying it paints this culture that all they did was fight wars. I haven't met anyone who thinks all Native Americans did was fight wars. I just, I haven't met those people. I'm not saying they're not out there. There are idiots everywhere. I'm sure there are people out there that think that. But I don't think it's a grand majority of people, and I don't think it's necessarily people that root for teams that have Native American names. So you, you, you're right around the, the next thing I just wanted to mention, stating the obvious. We have the Fort Defiance Indians in our area. We have the Stanton Braves in our area. I don't necessarily want to move up to the New Market Rebels right now, but let's just talk about the two that we have inside of Augusta County. Um, I, I think those two mascots and, and, um, and mascots, I think you just got to kind of watch top down. If, if the Cleveland Indians change their name, then I think it's more likely that Fort Defiance changes their name. Not guaranteed, but more likely. And I think if the Atlanta Braves change their name, 
then it's more likely that the Stanton Braves change their name. Maybe those t- change without the other, but we would just have to see. I think I think it's that top-down pressure in this case. Um, I think that's how that'll go. That's how I project it. I, we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't know about Ford Defiance. I would be surprised if Stanton did. I, yeah. I mean, it's a small... It's small time. I mean, as much as we root for Valley Baseball League, mm-hmm. it's small time. And so it's not going to well, be quick to pull in national attention. And that's that's why there's still 40 school high schools that have Redskins as their mascot. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I see what you're saying. But I, I, I would just say anybody too worked up in the Augusta County area about your favorite organization, whether it's the high school in Fort Defiance or the Stanton baseball team. If you're worried about that name changing, I, I just watch those those major league uh, teams and see what happens there first. So, and just realize that if the name changes, you can still root. It's for not them. a big. It's you can still root deal. for them the same way. You just have to get new clothes. That's all. They still existed. It, it's not. It's not like the history is gone. All right. So let's move on to probably the big positive news of the day: uh, the Patrick Mahomes ten-year extension on top of his. Two years he has remaining. He's locked in to be a Kansas City Chief for 12 years, coming off that Super Bowl victory. And uh, it's the biggest contract that's ever been in sports, from what I understand, which I wasn't sure about Premier League soccer. That's why I'm kind of putting a question mark on it. But it's a huge contract in America, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of the details. I was at work when it broke and I haven't. It's like 470 some with like guaranteed um, bump, like situation. I mean, it's a lot of money guaranteed there. Yeah, I don't know. That's dangerous. We'll see how this works out for the Kansas City Chiefs. If this crashes and burns like it might, you will never see another deal like this for another 30 years or at least until owners are not old enough to remember this happened. You might see a couple here in the next two or three years because everybody's going to be looking at that contract and say, hey, where's mine? And the next, you know, young quarterback that's only a year or two in the league sure, right now maybe. who blows up in the next two years. We, we might see another one or two of these. But yeah, as they start blowing up, uh, unless he gets hurt, fall apart. unless something happens where he gets hurt in a horrific injury. I mean. It happens. It, it, Football is a dangerous sport. Quarterbacks get hurt. All the time. And if something happens where Patrick Mahomes suffers a serious injury, the Kansas City Chiefs look real foolish. Yeah. I. It's just the numbers keep blowing up. I think the first thing I read was, well, now, you know, Dak Prescott's happy. Well, how happy is he? Because <laughs> he ain't getting that contract. He ain't getting anywhere near close no. to that. He's not getting a proportional of that. Um, I mean, it's just it's ridiculous to think he's not. He hadn't won no Super Bowl yet. And what has Dak Prescott really done? So I just don't I don't relate that as quickly. I know the agents will. I know uh, the Dallas fans that like him might. But I just I don't get the comparison. Mahomes has been on fire for two years, won him a Super Bowl. Um, it looks it, it doesn't look like RG3. It doesn't look like it's can go away very quickly. But it can, like you said. And so you have to let it play out. But I say, I mean, I, Alex Smith isn't as good as Patrick Mahomes, but that Alex Smith injury could just as easily happen in a freak yeah. way, kind of. I mean, Al- it could happen going out the door, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean it, it, look, I, I saw people saying Alex Smith could get more money if he didn't sign such a big deal. And maybe, um, I don't know. 
I'm not. I'm uh, never going to tell a guy. Mahomes? Yeah, Mahomes to get more money if he doesn't sign. Yeah, like you wonder what he could do and could do in four years. You say? do wonder that. Did I say Patrick? You said Alex Smith, but that's fine. Oh, I mean, yeah, I meant Patrick. Good, Mahomes. just talk about him. Alex Smith, yeah, definitely not going to make more money. Um, but Patrick Mahomes, yeah, I mean, he could, but look, he's going for the long term security. It's a lot of guaranteed money. I don't blame him for that. Um, I, I guess the other thing here is. Man, the Kansas City Chiefs really hope there's football because if something happens where <laughs> fans can't show up, that's going to be hard to make as much money, and uh, th- they're going to be scraping together pennies to have the checks clear, I guess. But uh, I-, I can't imagine. So I don't know what this does in terms of cap either. I haven't looked at it. That's going to make keeping a team together real difficult there in KC. They better draft well. Well, we've seen a lot of other big deals for quarterbacks multi-year deals for quarterbacks and they're and they're quick to adjust you know two three four years down the road i wouldn't be surprised if this happens so he can keep some receivers and some tight ends and some running backs and maybe you know offensive linemen in front of them but uh hey they're committed to him i i don't disagree with their idea of being committed to him just 10 years deep does is surprising that's a long time yep all right, the more negative news that I saw today, uh, non-sports-wise, but it'll roll into sports, Harvard uh, University. Uh, I don't know if either one of us went there or anything, but uh, mm. <laughs> they are pushing all of their classes to online only, and that triggers my problem with optimism about the college football season because I don't understand how we're going to have a college football season if students aren't on campus. So then it did make sense to me later in the day when I saw the entire Ivy League, which includes Harvard. I, did, did you did either of us go to any Ivy League schools? Um, they, they won't even let me visit. Are, no, <laughs> they are pushing their fall sports to spring. Basically, or they're looking to. I mean, that's not done. It's not a done deal. But that's the big rumor. And I just doubt that would be out there unless it's being a legitimate thought that they're thinking about. And I mean, the Ivy League is the first league in March to cancel their college basketball conference um, tournament. And it was kind of a week before everything kind of fell apart and everybody was kind of surprised with that. But they were the leaders and they were right. I mean, it's only been proven that they were dead right. So when they're making this move here or potentially you start to wonder, hey, are they making the right move? Is this what we're about to see across the board? And as every every increasing number that I see come through particularly in the south where i thought college football would be played this year more likely than anywhere else it just makes me continually more joe-like and that's called pessimism or negativity uh about the college football season happening this year yeah i prefer to call it realistic um and look it's going to be difficult i think there's no way to work around how difficult it's going to be to try to have a football season this year um yeah, obviously, uh, seeing Harvard say online classes only. I know JMU is having discussions on what they're going to do with classes. Uh, I know for certain master's level classes, they are going to be online only. So undergrad remains to be seen as far as I know officially. Um, if if you don't have undergrad classes, I don't know how you have football. So I agree. Uh, One thing I saw there, today the one, ODAC the ODAC uh, to talk about local schools Bridgewater a member of the ODAC talking about uh, pushing the start of the fall season to September 11th, and, but still planning on playing a full season. 
okay, if D1 doesn't, you're going to have a real hard time convincing me the need for D3 football. It's like I'm having a hard time being convinced the need for certain other leagues when Major League Baseball is having a absolute nightmare of testing right now. The, the easy argument there, and then I want to jump back to something else. The easy argument there is that D3 football and D1 football are trying to do two different things. I mean, they're, the, the, the D3 football is a true student athlete. The D3 football is there's no scholarships in D3. I mean, that, that, it's a different intent of athletics at that level than what D1 is. D1, there's a lot of money being made off that. D3, there's, you know, they hope there's enough money being made to sustain itself kind of situation. So I would say comparing those two directly for in this case, I, I do think it's a little bit different. Um, I wouldn't understand how D3 would think it's safe if D1 doesn't think it's safe. I would I would make that direct. Comparison. Well, that's what I'm saying. If they don't have if it's not safe enough for D1, how is it safe enough for D3? I would agree. I would agree with that. Um, jumping back uh, just off the sports topic there, you were talking about JMU, uh, talking about online classes and this and that. I, my one quick point there is I've seen a lot of people arguing, hey, here's this school and they're going on, online only. I saw it with Harvard today, and, and I've seen the argument in the spring. Uh, these schools aren't changing tuition rate. They're not going to. They're not going to change tuition rates. You're not going to be paying room and board if you're not on campus, but tuition rates are going to be the same. I don't understand the argument against that. Uh, they still have to pay the teachers. They still have investments in the campus that you want to be there when, when the world gets back to normal. But also if you don't like it, then don't go. It's supply and demand. And if, and they're pricing their supply of education at that price, if you don't like it, then choose a different route to get your education and stop complaining. And I know this isn't sports, but I just, I don't understand the argument. If you don't want to pay that full tuition rate, then don't you're probably not going to go to that school anymore. Someone else is going to take your spot, but I, I just don't, I don't get that one. And I know that's not sports. I just, I haven't understood that from the beginning in the spring when there weren't refunding tuition for everybody. I was like, well, everybody took finals in these colleges. Like, what are, what are we talking about? Like they signed up for a semester and they got it just because they didn't walk into a building. I don't, I don't know. I just don't get it. And if you don't like it, then don't pay it. it it's a free, that's my, I guess something I keep coming back to when we're talking about name changes, tuition rates, all that. If you don't like it, then don't spend your money at those places. Don't go to a Washington football game. Don't go to Harvard university. You know, you have that choice. We, we had that choice. We did not go to Harvard. We just might've chose that think, when we got a B in kindergarten. I don't but. think we had a choice. I think we weren't <laughs> invited, but yeah, I don't know if you can but call you know, it a choice. Like, yeah. That's what I don't understand about so many of the arguments that we're having today about about all these that are apparently debatable topics. A lot of these are private businesses that, sure, you can have an opinion, but you control it with your with your pocketbook and nothing yeah. else. Now, if we're talking about state owned property and what they're doing on state property, we're going to get in the middle of this. I understand having a louder voice and, and, and voicing your concerns about how your dollars are being spent. But otherwise, we're talking about private businesses. Move on. Yeah, that's my political moment of the podcast. OK, um, <laughs> yeah, I understand what you're saying. And I understand that my tuition rate, opinions. my tuition rate did not really change whether I lived on or off campus. So I guess that's how the university is going to determine why they wouldn't change it now. Um, you're still, as you said, you're still paying the professors. So 
you still kind of got to charge what you got to charge. Um, and yes, it's a, I will totally agree with people who say colleges are too expensive now. And uh, if you want to pay for, if you're, if if you're mad about your, your campus university having to pay them the same money, then go to an online university where there's apparently savings and, and take advantage of that. That's your choice. uh, Yeah. If you're going to do that, please be careful. I will come out and say that. Please be careful if you're going to an online university. There are a lot of shams. Um, Is there? Yeah. So just please be careful. I don't know. I this is one where again I don't like my allies. I hate, I hate having to be like, yes, Leland is right on this, and if you don't like it, then don't enroll in college (laughs) because the price is the price. But okay, but. No, I haven't heard of any college that's refunding money. Um, no. So, yeah. But no, this is a fresh semester. This isn't the spring semester anymore. And I didn't think they should ref- – I, I didn't see what why people – No, the spring semester was a real hard ask, in my opinion, because yeah. at that point you'd but already started and – yeah. Don't attend in the fall if you don't if you don't like the price. I mean, that, I'd say that before the pandemic. Like, yeah. If you, if, I don't know. I, again, I, I don't like my allies being the colleges that are charging an insane amount of money and causing an insane amount of student debt on the next generation, in my opinion. But that's a different conversation that we're having. So it, that's going to be the price, whether you're there in person or not. So I guess my point is, you know, that's the price. You know, now you haven't, as you said, you're not enrolled yet. If you have a problem with it, pull out. But and, and all these schools now, as you sign up, you know, there's always the forms and you put your signature down at the bottom, whether you read all the fine print or not. All of them are going to have pandemic related, uh, you know, saviors for them now where hey, it's going to well, say clearly in there. If the university holds every right to adjust the location of classes and how how educational material is dispersed. I mean, it's going to be in there now or you're not going to have an out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once you um, sign it, you're, you're paying it. Also, on the flip side, Georgia Tech, I believe, announced all classes will be happening and there are no mask requirements. And that got a pretty big backlash from the faculty. So we'll see what Georgia Tech does. It's all, I, dude, I mean, we have a month until I've got this news for you. solid. I've got news for you. I know sports fans, that's good news for sports fans there. But <laughs> unfortunately, there's other stuff going on at colleges other than sports, which is hard for some people on Virginia Tech Twitter to understand at times. But... <laughs> These are academic institutions, and let me tell you, it's the same thing with public schools for those who are wondering. If teachers don't feel safe and you have a teacher shortage or a faculty shortage when it comes to college, you're going to have a whole brand new set of problems on your hands, and that's when you are going to have to start refunding because you won't be able to have classes. Yeah, that's a different, different beast. All right, let's move on from potentially political comments and go to Major League Baseball schedule that was released today. Real quickly, I mean, it's not we're not going to analyze this whole schedule. I'm just excited to see when some teams are going to play what. So the Nationals are going to open at home against the Yankees. They're going to have national TV oh, all weekend. God. They start on Thursday night. They're going to they won the World Series. They're going to have it. Yeah, they but they got to play Thursday the Yankees night. all weekend. I have to watch that. I don't want either of those teams to win. I believe you have. Uh, Can I root for I enough just, players to I opt out? HTS, you're allowed to watch whatever game you want to I, watch. No, I don't have it. I don't have mass, and I can't watch the Orioles. Well, that's your choice. You haven't paid for it. <sighs> yeah, Major League Baseball keeps blacking it out because they're a bunch of... 
uh, bleep holes. The opening weekend, for those of us that have, still have a KO box, usually the opening week of uh, Major League Ticket is always free. So that's when I usually get most of my uh, Pittsburgh games. They open up with I... the Cardinals at the Cardinals. They'll be on national TV on Saturday on Major League Baseball Network. So I'm excited about that. And your Orioles get to travel up to Boston and take on the Sox. Cool. I hope we win. Um, that being said, I guess I hope the Yankees in the Nats series enough players opt out to where they can't play. I don't want them to play that series. <laughs> I don't want to watch that. Um, the interesting thing that I just grabbed a hold of with the schedule being released that I didn't realize before, baseball starts the 23rd, Thursday the 23rd. The NBA doesn't start till July 30th. So you and we all talked about that time period that the Major League Baseball could have it all to themselves. Yeah, it's they've trimmed it down now. to a they week. They got it down to a week. They've trimmed it down to a week, and that's assuming they have enough players not test positive that they can get games in and their test results are back, which, of course, is kind of an issue now. And you saw Sean do a little comment on it, and it's it's been brought to light. We were so busy arguing about money, we forgot about the pandemic. And now they're living the pandemic problems like, oh, yeah, this is kind of hard to test everybody. And, oh, yeah, we got a lot of positive tests. And, oh, yeah, how do we make this work? Um, so that's cool to see that nobody in the room was thinking about that and that the chuckleheads at major league baseball are just that chuckleheads and Rob Manfred's an idiot and he might as well run for president too. While Kanye West runs for announces he's going <laughs> to run for president on Twitter. But yeah, uh, surprisingly, Kanye didn't fill out all the forms he needs to, to, to run for president. I think that's <laughs> Who knew? Shocking. <laughs> Who knew shocking. that wasn't going to happen? <laughs> All right, so uh, IndyCar, NASCAR, they had the doubleheader. Um, that was a cool idea. That, that worked out well, it seemed like. I think ratings were pretty decent for both. I think IndyCar got a bump. NASCAR's been riding a bump. Um, I, I didn't watch, but it, it did get a lot of traffic this weekend. <laughs> and all I'm really burning it up for right now, traffic, you know, it's a pun, uh, was the fact that NASCAR has taken full advantage of being the only game in town here. Like, they have had good ratings. They've dominated the news cycle some of the reasons not what we want to be talking about, but uh, a lot of the reasons are important. Uh, but either way, they have taken advantage, and it just drives home the fact that Major League Baseball just really squandered an opportunity for the last three weeks, or, or what will be three weeks. Yeah, uh, I think I saw today where they said that ratings are up 17% since the pandemic started, So, yeah. and they're doing something right in terms of getting eyeballs on their sport. Um, again, and, I think you're right. Major League Baseball... Big. Yeah, Major League Baseball could have had these numbers, and they chose not to. Um, that's fine. They wanted to argue about money. They wanted to argue about the pan, uh, not focus on the pandemic, which is exactly what they should have been focusing on to try to figure out how that was going to work. Because apparently, and, and look, it, it, it all comes back, if I can revisit baseball, I don't know if we're going to have sports or not. I don't, I don't, I mean, we have NASCAR, so whatever. Um, but in terms of baseball or any of the other sports, I don't know if we're going to have them or not, because it, it doesn't look promising. The, the- the Dallas team's pulling out of that tournament. They have that. Play yeah, because they, they had a bunch of people test positive right yeah. before the tournament starts. And so it, it's it's frustrating as a sports fan because I want sports. But at the same time, it's just it's kind of a reminder. Like you look at it and you're like, OK, is this What's worth important? the potential risk? What's more important? And if we can't figure this out and it's not safe, should we be doing it? And the answer is yeah. no. But yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and again, it comes full circle again, back to high school and and all this with all these positive tests and the ever increasing number in certain states that opened up early. And now they're seeing record numbers and their ICU units are being overwhelmed and the the whole flatten the curve thing that we did at the beginning. And now we're throwing caution to the wind in the name of, 
I, I don't know. Um, I'll just say, look, when I went to that baseball game a couple weeks ago, not a lot of masks. Every time I go to the store, it seems like there's less. So if you're wondering in the fall why we, if we don't have high school football and you're wondering why, just know that's why. We are not doing the right thing. And I know what you're saying at home probably, just sitting at home saying, hey, you know, just put the social distancing measures in place at the stadium and make that a requirement. Okay, well, you're not going to do it. it. Yeah, who's enforcing it? And you're not going to do it because you're not doing it now at the grocery store when there's a sign plastered on the window saying, you must have a face covering. There's plenty of people walking in there without face coverings. And if they get confronted on it, then they make a scene. So I'm sorry, until we as a society can be trusted to actually follow the rules, then no, we can't have the things that this we want. This isn't a society. This, this isn't a society, what's happening right now. Uh, no, the people who are refusing to wear masks are not a part of society. They're a part of just yeah. straight stupidity. A society, it works together, and, and this is something else than that. Uh, it's stupidity is what it is, but yeah. All right, in the C block here, we are talking kids' cartoons. Uh, we've been doing a lot of lists from the 90s and personal experiences these last couple of weeks. Uh, so now we're going to talk about uh, cartoon series we watched. I guess I don't, I'm not limited to what we watched when we were kids because I'm watching a lot of these right now, uh, having kids. But even some of them, I, I wasn't so much of a kid anymore when I watched them, and I'll get into that as we go on it. But Joe, hit me with your number five favorite a uh, youthful cartoon series that you watched. Yeah, we talked about this, I think, earlier, a few podcasts ago. Batman the Animated Series. Or maybe that was with Ray, actually. I'm thinking about so it. So good. So good. Batman the Animated Series is a classic. And really, again, I, I put it at number five, and I the four ahead of it I love, too. But when you think about it, that is a truly underappreciated cartoon yep. uh the writing in it is so good the voice actors are good I, I am constantly amazed i wish apparently i have to have the dc streaming service to watch it now which is a bummer oh it used to be on like prime yeah it used to be on amazon prime it's not um if i want to buy it i can but um i don't so yeah i i, I enjoy it i think I, I thought it was great when i was a kid uh the few times i have found a an episode on YouTube and I've watched it for nostalgia's sake. It's held up, uh, which has not been the case for everything. Um, and, and I've really enjoyed uh, when I was a kid, the Batman, the animated series, I, Mark Hamill being the Joker is just phenomenal. Uh, in fact, I think he is my favorite Joker, even though technically he hasn't been a live action Joker, him voicing the animated Joker, I think is the best Joker there is. He was very good. I, I still like Heath Ledger. It just hit right for me. But yeah, he, he was, I mean, he's a menacing joker on that uh, cartoon series. Harley Quinn was good in that too. Yeah, big role there. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so I'll talk more about that in a second. Uh, my number five, Pink Panther, is I think one that kind of gets glazed over with, with the ones that are in the top of our list. It's a it's old school. It's very funny. I, I it, online it says 16 seasons starting in 1969. Um, it's so good. It's just so good. The music's good. It's it's um, you know, a quiet cartoon. There's not talking because Pink Panther really doesn't talk. And so um, I just enjoy it so much uh, whenever I watch it because it's as much credit as even though I'm about to name other cartoons ahead of this, I think it 
might have been smarter than a lot of these other cartoons. I think they're the way they approached humor and the physical comedy of the uh, cartoon. I I give it a lot of credit that it really um, was really good. One of the things that ruined it though is that I've seen versions where it has a laugh track in it. So there's this silence of him moving around the screen and doing something that, you know, obviously just hurts him in the end unexpectedly. And then there's this laugh track. Terrible. Throws me off every time when I hear it. But I think they've created some versions of, of the same. that They pulled that and it's a lot better. But Pink Panther is very good. It used to be on Boomerang all the time. I, I don't yeah. really see it anymore. Man, that stinks. I've never yeah, had I, Boomerang. I, I watched some Boomerang. I just don't ever see it on there. Yeah, I've never had Boomerang, but that would be one of the things I would want Boomerang for. Yeah. Uh, the music. The theme song is just so iconic, and I love oh, it. Oh, yeah. No doubt. I love the theme song. Um, Henry Mancini is, I mean, yeah, just yeah. so good. And let's go ahead and say it. If you have a laugh track on your show, it's probably a bad idea. Yeah. I've never heard yeah. a laugh track that I've liked. Yeah, it's not it's not good news for this uh, Will Sasso new and ABC comedy that's coming on this fall. All right, so then now my number four, I'll talk about Batman the animated series. Uh, I loved it too. It is very dark, very good. I showed the opening up first episode <laughs> to my then six or seven year old, like, hey, this is Batman. I watched it when I was a kid, and as I got older, still watched it. Uh, yeah, it's scary. <laughs> I was kind of scared watching it now. I mean, the dude was like turning into this. Uh, vampire bat they or just a bat they it was crazy very crazy um and that wasn't batman that was the, the bad guy it it it's it's so well done um i agree with you that it's underrated it seems like only like dc comic nerds know how great it is um but it is really good and it stands on its own it like yeah it's kind of like i always used to say that about incredibles the pixar disney movie Incredibles, I think, is just a good movie. I just mm-hmm. liked it when I was in college. I just thought it was a good film. This is just a good show. It's just a good version of Batman. Yeah, it's animated, but it's good and, and well done and entertaining for people of all ages. That's why when it came on at, what, 4.30 or 5 in the afternoon on the DC Fox, I mean, I watched it when I was probably in the age range they were shooting for. And then in high school, when I was, you know, if we had rain out for spring baseball or something and I'm coming home, I was turning it on. And I was in high school watching this cartoon because it was just really good. It was the same episodes I'd seen before. It was so good. I loved it. And uh, it there was no way I was making a top five without it. Yeah, I'll say this. It's better than the Marvel movies. The Marvel movie franchise pales in comparison to Batman the Animated Series. And if you disagree, that's fine. This is America. You're entitled to your, your opinion, but you're wrong. But you're dead to me. Get off here. So. Uh, I'm going to move on to my number four now. Uh, and my number three momentarily. But let's bring the dogs out. Courage the Cowardly Dog at number four. Uh, It's a a cartoon that's obviously past Leland. Leland's never heard of it. He's never seen it. So obviously it was a cartoon that came on post Leland's cartoon watching days on Cartoon Network. I recognize him at least. Yeah. It came out in 96. Yeah. So I guess post you. Um, But I was in middle school by then. What network was it on? Cartoon Network. Oh, there you go. I didn't. I didn't have Cartoon Network until I was like in college. So, oh yeah, wow! Oh, wow. See, I did. I we, had it, and I I loved it. I I loved. We had a modified cable. Yeah, it wasn't stolen, but it was. It was not everything. Our, all right, I'm going to stop you before you admit to another crime that I'm going to have to edit out. Um, but on on Courage the Cowardly Dog, the premise is it's this little pink dog, and he is. Uh, his two owners are an elderly couple. The man is rather abusive to the dog, but not in like a, I mean, uh, I don't know. I guess if it wasn't animated, it would be bad. 
but the mom uh or sorry his wife is an elderly woman who just loves and cherishes the dog the dog loves and cherishes her and when these creepy monsters or phenomena come and attack this family because they live in nowhere uh they the dog ends up saving the day and protecting them and doing all this stuff and it's it's great even for the guy one of the things that my brother and I just loved when we were kids about it is one of the things the guy does is he just has this mask that he puts on and screams, Ooga Booga Booga. It's this giant green mask with giant eyes that pop out of its head and stuff and scares the living daylights out of the dog. And the dog goes running. We thought that was hilarious then. Obviously, as we get older, I mean, I guess PETA would probably have a problem with it. But um, we found it, we found it hilarious they do smart parodies too. Uh, there's one that's kind of a parody of the Hunchback of Notre Dame a little bit. And uh, the best part about that is obviously the Hunchback is not the most uh, attractive character. And the man whose name is, is Eustace makes fun of him because of that and calls him ugly. Uh, and Courage is under the dinner table writing comebacks for the hunchback to tell Eustace and they all revolve around Eustace being bald which he's very sensitive about so Eustace will say you are ugly and he'll come up with this very long insulting comment about how ugly he is and the hunchback uh, character will read the note and say you sir are bald and Eustace will just get start getting mad you can see the smoke rising and uh, he goes, how do you spell? But our favorite one was, how do you spell bald? You, 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 you. And he puts the paper down and Eustace explodes in anger. I don't, that's one of the scenes that has stuck with me for years. And my brother and I will constantly, if we see somebody bald, we, we will joke about it. <laughs> not to their face because we don't know if they're sensitive about it or not. But um uh, <laughs> We just, that's something that stuck with us. Number three on my list is a classic that everyone has heard of, I'm sure. Scooby-Doo. Uh, the original I prefer, obviously. they have I know they've made newer ones. I haven't seen them. I don't really care to. Uh, I kind of just want the old classic Scooby-Doo cartoons. I was never into Scooby-Doo. Uh, we had a, oh, wow. like, cartoon, like... <laughs> It was a tape. It was a produced tape. It wasn't just us recording off TV, um, but it had like an episode of Scooby Doo, an episode of Flintstones. I think it was uh, Looney Tunes on there, which we'll get more into the Looney Tunes at least. Um, I just never was into Scooby Doo. I don't know why. It never grabbed me, and and anything since. I don't. I don't get the nostalgia for Scooby Doo uh, myself. I, I mean, I understand people have it. And I, I respect that. I just. I, it's not for me. I just never was into Scooby Doo. Wow. Okay. All right, so my number three is going to have to be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and specifically the uh, early, late 80s, early 90s version cartoon of that because that just that was hitting when I was like three to six. Um, I had VHS tapes with these cartoons. They came on Saturday mornings. I'd watch them. Um, I think at one point they started having it like every day. It was on TV. It just... It was all over the place. Obviously, um, from how old I am, it was the biggest toy when I was a kid. I mean, it was the Ninja Turtles were the top. I think G.I. Joe was kind of right before me. And then after me was probably Power Rangers probably got popular after. I was never into Power Rangers uh, because I was just a little too old for that. But Ninja Turtles were my thing. I dressed up as 
Ninja Turtle for Halloween. Uh, Burger King used to put out VHS VHS tapes, which if you're young enough listening to this podcast, uh, you've probably turned it off by now. But those are the big things that go in a VCR and play movies. Um, anyway, a VCR uh, is what came before DVDs. Yeah, there you go. Well, Blu-rays. Uh, so anyway, came, but B- Bur- which came Burger King. Yeah. Burger King had them in a in a Happy Meal, and it was like every week or two weeks a new video would come out. And I think that was the only time in my life that I consistently ate Happy Meals or, or kids meals from any fast food restaurant because my my parents, my mom particularly, she knew how much I was into Ninja Turtles, and uh, she used to bribe me with Ninja Turtles other other times. Uh, to behave at certain places while she was working and stuff. Uh, so this, uh, I just always remember like being excited. This was the day we're going to Burger King. We're getting a happy meal or whatever they called it there. And I'm getting a new Ninja Turtle movie. We go home. I'd watch it probably five times in a row. I just, I loved the Ninja Turtles. They were my thing. And uh, so those cartoons were awesome. I have yet to really find them other than like on YouTube to show them to my kids I think once I tried to put it on, it it didn't. It wasn't landing, so I, I turned it off. But I do have the characters. I have a whole box full, big old tote full of uh, action figures, Ninja Turtles. My kids did like that. That was one of my proud dad nights, particularly on my on my oldest kid. When I got that box out and she was into it, I was I was a I was a proud dad that night that she thought I was cool. So <laughs> yeah, I. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was before me, so I never really got into those. You mentioned Power Rangers yeah. being after you. That was the one I got into. I I, I was born yeah. with the Power Rangers. Um, so then I think I got my number two now, mm-hmm. and that's Tom and Jerry. Um, yeah, classic. I, it, it's hard to split Tom and Jerry and my number one, and we're going to have this. I mean, number one's my Looney Tunes, and, and we'll, we'll just talk openly about it here in a minute. But, yeah, Tom and Jerry, so good. Um. I think many of their episodes are very smartly written. I think there's some, some common, um, I think this is why I throw away a lot of the Flintstones and Jetsons and some of the other classic stuff. Cause this stuff was getting made around the same time, if not before some of those. And it was just smarter. I mean, it like, they had to come up with a way for this cat and mouse to chase each other in some way or another. Um, usually just one-on-one, sometimes outside sources, and they had to be creative of how it would happen, and they, they get it done a lot of times. I watch this all the time now. I, I'm currently um, on my DVR. It keeps the newest three that Boomerang shows, Tom and Jerry and Looney Tunes. We're recording them, and the kids last summer particularly were really watching it. Right now, they're not as much, but um, they hold up. They're good. They're funny. You can You can laugh about them. Yeah, there's some inappropriate things that don't hold up so well, like a lot of characters smoke for no good reason. Uh, there's also one time I'm pretty sure they're chasing each other through a brothel. But other than that, it's pretty good stuff happening on Tom and Jerry. And I, y- you parent your children a little bit there when they're watching the one where they're in a brothel. Uh, but otherwise, it's it's funny. They can understand the humor. The non-audible comedy, I think, is very important for kids to understand a physical comedy. And uh, it's good. I really like it. Well, yeah, I... I agree uh, that I think um, talking about your Tom and Jerry, I'll let you speak about your other one here in a minute. Um, uh, well, let me talk about the other one and then you can come in on it and then yeah. I'll go back to Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Number two for me is Looney Tunes. It's your number one. And number one for me is Tom and Jerry, your number two. Uh, 
when it comes to Looney Tunes, I have watched some of them on HBO Max. I've watched some of Tom and Jerry on HBO Max because uh, they're on there. Um, and and I Looney Tunes was. I didn't know Tom and Jerry were. Yeah, it's been great um, catching up on that and uh, just watching for the old nostalgia's sake. And again, a, a lot of the Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry both, I think, hold up. Yes. Are there some things that are maybe problematic today? Maybe. Um, there's a lot of smoking in Looney Tunes, too. Um, but yep. Oh, yeah. Look, that was. There's a lot of smoking in history. There, back then, smoking was not an issue. So, again, this is a teaching moment. Hey, kids, back yeah. then, we didn't know what we did know today about smoking. Yeah. We don't bad. do that now. That's where we're at. Yeah, know, so. and you have that conversation, <laughs> and your kids, kids are smart enough. Give then we give them credit for sometimes. You have that conversation. And say, look, this was something that happened then. We don't do that now, and kids will be okay. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I find Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry both great. Uh, there's a ton of classical music in both Looney Tunes oh, and Tom yeah. and Jerry. In fact, I took a class on classical music thinking, I don't know any classical music other than, you know, maybe Beethoven. Um, you sit through one of those classes and you're like, I have heard this before. And then the teacher's like, here's an example of it in pop culture. And it's Tom and Jerry or the Looney Tunes. And you're like, that's it. Um, so it's a great way to expose to kids uh, culture and classical music and stuff like that. But also, like you said, um, with Tom and Jerry, almost each episode has very few words. A lot of the episodes have no words. Yeah. And oh, yeah. so you're relying on being able to make something entertaining without words. And yep. I'm telling you, they used to do on Cartoon Network the night of the Super Bowl. It would be at halftime of the Super Bowl. And as a kid... I was may, way more interested in this than the halftime of the Super Bowl of watching on Cartoon Network Tom versus Jerry. And they would have Pat Summerall and John Madden doing commentary over various clips of Tom and Jerry, and they would like keep score. And it was hilarious hearing the commentary of that. And then my brother and I, I mean, we, we went back and we watched some old Tom and Jerry's uh, a year or two ago. And we just busted out laughing, even as adults, just watching the hilarious hijinks that Tom and Jerry get into. And and I don't know. I, I know there's a lot of people, we've mentioned it, there are some problematic things. There are a lot of people that look back at Looney Tunes and find things to get offended at, and Tom and Jerry find things to get offended at. I don't know. Some of it I'm just like, man, just let it go, all right? I was a kid then. I don't. I didn't harbor those feelings about that image then. I don't harbor them now. I think you're really underestimating kids when you're like, oh, well, if they see this, they're going to think this. And I'm like, I didn't think that. I don't think it now. At no point did I think it. And so maybe we just let cartoons be cartoons, especially when they're from the 40s or the 50s or the 60s. And if kids like them and laugh and have fun with it, then let kids laugh and have fun with it. Because, my God, when they get to be adults... There is no more laughing and having fun. It's real life, and it's just you poop argue show after that poop show. Yeah. yeah, it's poop show <laughs> after poop show, and we're living it here in 2020. <laughs> so if I want to go back and watch a Tom and Jerry episode, by God, I'm going to watch a Tom and Jerry episode, and I don't need your social commentary from 2020 on it. <laughs> so uh, obviously Looney Tunes is my number one, uh, and I agree with everything you said. The, uh, I'm always a Bugs Bunny guy, though. As much I'll watch, I'll watch a whole episode of Looney Tunes whenever it's on. Did when I was a kid, had tapes with them on it. Um, 
there's one tape in particular I had of Looney Tunes with it was like six episodes. And when those six episodes come on now on the TV, I I mean I I know the noises. I know the sound effects before they come. I'll make the noises. My kids are like, "What are you doing?" And I mean, it's a little much, but it's it's very good. And some of those and some of those are the best episodes. And it's you know Bugs Bunny, um, opera and and mm-hmm. um, the barber. Uh, the barber one is great. Bill <laughs> there and and it was just it's so good. I I am more of a Bugs guy. I'll watch. Like I said, I'll watch. Elmer Fudd and, and the Rooster and all those guys. And there's a lot of Fog funny stuff Leghorn. there, but yeah. Bugs Bunny is the best. When Bugs Bunny's involved, that's the best. Even the classic Bugs Bunny stuff, like the first Looney Tunes with Bugs Bunny, they're really funny. So I, I appreciate Looney Tunes the most. I, that was my number one. And I think it's just, I had that bond with my dad. I remember my dad always like in Looney Tunes a lot too. And so I was always excited when like we'd watch it together and stuff. So that, that was always big for me. And, uh, yeah, Looney Tunes, number one. I say Taz. I love Taz. Uh, the ones with the gangsters, um, Muggsy. Oh yeah. And, uh, I can't remember the other one's name now, but Muggsy was the, the dumb oaf of the group. Um, oh man, my brother and I still. I mean, I, something oh. I always thought, and it was just based on his stand-up. It was before he even had his show. But you can tell Dave Chappelle watched a lot of Looney Tunes, like with his voices and stuff. And like he has like a gangster guy voice. Yeah. And it's the it's the same voice. And I think that's always what's drawn me to Dave Chappelle comedy is because like you can see those roots in him of the of the the physical comedy of Looney Tunes, but also the 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 voices and the and the attitudes and, and I mean it's all I mean all these cartoons just play stereotypes like crazy. And so that, yeah, like it can get you in trouble on any of these, but, uh, it's, I, I it's, it's a common denominator of comedy as you grow up. And, it, and I think it, it makes you feel comfortable when you can, you can see it in other people's new comedy. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I like Tom and Jerry. I like Looney Tunes. Yep. I don't care what the social commentary of today has to say about it. I, I enjoyed those yep. cartoons. And when I, on the off chance that I run across them, today and i see an episode i still think it's funny i still like it so the two honorable mentions i'm going to play the role of joe this week and i'll have the honorable mentions uh i mm-hmm. won't go on and on about them though uh oh. animaniacs is another oh, as let's i go. was getting older yeah I, I was it came on fox around batman and WB. it was it, it's looney tunes but the baby you know they're younger looney tune characters and uh but not the same. It's not Bugs Bunny, but it's just younger rabbit and younger uh, ducks. And Wacko, stuff. Yakko, it, and Dot. Yeah. Very smart. Oh, yeah. And then those goes are different characters. But yeah, very uh, smart. Very rides the line yes. of appropriateness. Yes. But, bet, but smarter than what I think today's. You go and watch Shrek and there's just some adult jokes in Shrek. And I think people think, oh, yeah, it's over the heads of the kids. But they're too obvious. Animaniacs, I thought. They rode that line very smartly a lot of times. <laughs> sure, they had their moments where they jumped into some very, very straightforward inappropriateness. But by and large, they rode that line every every episode and wrote it very well. So Animaniacs, I wanted to mention. And then Doug, that I didn't have any other. I didn't have any like Nickelodeon cartoons. I didn't have Good. It's Rugrats and all those because none of them were that great. But Doug, I connected with. I think it came out at a time when I could relate to Doug. So I think it was probably a little bit older than you. So, like, I think that's maybe why you wouldn't have this on your list. But I like Doug, and I think it it hit on 
coming of age themes that I was probably relating to my own life at the time. So I did like Doug and I did watch a lot of Doug. And even when I was probably too old for Doug and it came on ABC morning cartoons, you know, I probably watched an episode of Doug and then drove down the road in my car kind of thing. So uh, those are the two honorable mentions that I had, but I wanted to uh, throw in there. Animaniacs, I'm with you 100%. Wacko, Yakko, and Dot. Um, there's there's some great teaching and educational stuff in Animaniacs. Again, like you said, it's smart. And I um, want to push the butt. Right. Um, <laughs> Pinky and the Brain is out of that. I love oh, Pinky yes. and the Brain. Yep. Uh, Slappy the Squirrel is another one that's in there that <laughs> is funny. Um, and, God, Brad and I had this conversation with you before, and I can't remember the name of the... Mandy was the dog, and I can't remember the name of the girl, the little girl that causes oh, all the mayhem for the dog. El, El, Elra, El, uh, Elmira. Elmira. Elmira and Mandy. Yep. Um, that's another one that was in that universe. Just a lot of great cartoons. So there are the three pigeons, the stool pigeons that basically were like uh, good fellas. Yeah. Uh, super smart cartoon. And that's another one that I, it was on Hulu. I think it's been moved unfortunately um i mean it's probably gonna be on hbo soon if it's not now i mean like because if it's wb yeah, like that's Luke true because it was in that wb universe yeah oh wow yeah. i should see if that's on there gosh that would be great um but yeah i was re-watching some of those old ones and just completely busting a gut like you said there's there's a lot of adult humor in there that is as an adult now you watch it and you're like "Ooh, okay i get that joke now but as a kid <laughs> you were never gonna get that joke and uh, it's it's funny it's it's smart because again then there's a lot of educational stuff like the songs especially with geography the songs they sing and just showing you on a globe where stuff is and very easy to memorize those songs after you've listened to them uh, as a kid so i uh, really appreciate that doug to me was dumb i hated doug uh nickelodeon was pretty much a no-go outside of legends of the hidden temple and <laughs> and guts not interested I don't know. I like to salute your shorts. That was one of my jams. It wasn't a cartoon. No. It, was one, it was my jam. All right, let's move out of here. Let's get to the D block. All right, in the D block, we'll talk about us some more, like we just did in C block. But we we both planked on uh, the mini adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Saturday morning cartoon, early '90s. It's on Disney Plus now. Me, my kids, and I have been watching it. A lot of memories watching that. I, I'm not sure where I'm throwing it in on my list, but it, it's got to be mentioned. Uh, it was, it's my jam. I thought I talked about it on the podcast once already. Um, but yeah, that was one that me and my mom, uh, had a bond over and watching. And, uh, she had to always work on Saturdays, um, teaching ballet. So before she left, Winnie the Pooh would be on. Uh, so that was always a, a memory for me, but it, it was a good show. And I, I, again, probably watched that much. I was much older watching that than I should, probably should have been. So. Yeah, that's the one that, that the TV show is the one that had the theme song. It was like, got to get yeah. up, got to get going, yep. got to see a friend of mine. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man, loved that. That was great. So good. Winnie the Pooh's good. The movie's good. I like the movie that came out. Um, I like the old school 70 ones the best. Uh, yeah, but uh, the recent one with... Uh, Some are better than others. I've seen them all recently, so I have my judgments. Okay, but, I haven't seen, I guess I haven't seen the animated one, or maybe I did and I just don't remember it. But the Christopher Robin one, 
Oh, I actually with, haven't seen that. Okay, see, I like that one. I thought that one was good. Some people oh, didn't like it. Um, a lot of people liked it, but there were a few people that were like, no, and I was like, nah, this is funny. Um, There's been theatrical Winnie the Poohs in the last 10, 15 years, and like some are better. Than, some are just fine. Some sure. work perfectly. Some are pretty low quality. Okay, that's fine. Um, but the yeah. The Piglet movie, the Tigger movie, those were fine. Uh, the I haven't Epilum, seen those. Those are all fine, but there's some that aren't. Okay. Just, just like some of the... Uh, you know, sequels to the major Disney movies. Yeah, not uh, not yes. everything plays in the Star universe, Wars. So. Yeah, <laughs> we talked about that last week. We I, and I had one more tip that I wanted to throw out here. Uh, I meant to do it in my honorable mentions. I had the Wikipedia for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles up because oh, I, I wanted to clarify the dates. Chuck Lorre wrote the theme to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Chuck Lorre is the fame producer of like most of the cbs comedies now big bang theory um oh, mike and molly mom young sheldon wow. uh two and a half like he is major famous major successful now when he was younger he was writing theme song for teenage mutant ninja turtles creating heathcliff another cartoon uh it's just crazy that guy's career so yeah that's just a who's who and a what's what of <laughs> things i can't stand so it's no wonder i didn't get a teenage mutant ninja turtles <laughs> Well, he's been successful making things you can't stand. So uh, that's yeah, good. Those old people that can't change the remotes keeping CBS the number one rated show in every time <laughs> slot. Just like the Steelers with their six wing, six rings. They just keep doing things you don't like, and that's fine. All right, so what's dominating my while. life? Um, I'm not back on a West Wing kick. For oh, some reason, no. I just turned it on about a week or two ago, and I've just been watching straight. I, I think I've landed somewhere in the first season, middle of the first season, because it was like a specific episode I was reminded of, and then I just kept watching. Uh, one that stuck out to me, and this continues my theme of this block from the last uh, six weeks or so, uh, there was a episode where um, they're diving into uh, reparations for uh, for black people and, and the debate about that now. I haven't heard a lot about that in recent weeks or anything, but I thought that episode presenting that topic was great. And it really provided the message of, you know, they're about to put this guy as, as um, it wasn't a Supreme court justice, but some somewhere in the justice department. And he had a back cover quote of, yeah, everybody should be reading this book and examining this topic. And he went on all episode defending reparations and, and everything. But in the end, it was we just need to be able to listen to each other's sides on this topic because it under, is the underlying of the systemic racism that's been happening in this country forever and, and what that's resulted in. And in the end, he wasn't saying he's going to enforce that in his role in government, but he was just saying everybody needs to read this book and understand the argument and, and the debate of it. And uh, I thought that was a really good point. And I think that's a message that you and I tried to share six weeks ago of listening and examining those topics on your own now. Um, and, 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 you know, getting and maybe becoming more up to date on the current topics. And so I thought that was a really good episode, but overall just West Wayne is so good. And I know every time Patrick Hyde comes on, we, it gets mentioned. It's because it is so good. And so uh, just I've been enjoying watching that. I don't think I'm going to make it through the whole series again. I think I'm just watching until he gets reelected and then we're going to move on. Hopefully try breaking, breaking bad again, but I'm on a West wing kick and I'm liking it. 
Okay, that is a good show. I mean, I like the show. Um, I, I do vaguely remember the episode you're talking about. I thought it was a Supreme Court nominee, so maybe maybe I'm wrong too. It um, wasn't. Okay, I know it wasn't because I know those storylines better. Um, okay, but yeah, yeah. Well, regardless, I think like a like a high judge. I think he was he was somewhere in judicial, and I think it was. Okay. One of those higher circuit judges federal, or something. Yeah, federal yeah. judge. They get to appoint yeah. various federal judges. Yep. Um, what's dominating my life is something I watched on Netflix too. This one, not a warm and fuzzy documentary. Uh, Athlete A. Uh, it's about the Larry Nasser uh, abuse scandal and USA gymnastics. Really, uh, it's tough to watch. Um, it. It is not something that USA Gymnastics, I would imagine, is a big fan of. Um, they they don't look good in this at all. Uh, they definitely were partaking in a cover-up. It, it is infuriating to see. Uh, the Carolis don't look great in this in the slightest bit. And it, it's something that really is just... It's sad. It's sad to watch this and understand that something that is supposed to be great joy for these women participating in the Olympics, representing their country, has been taken from them because there's this dark, truly, truly dark side that was covered up by USA Gymnastics because USA Gymnastics was worried about their brand and their image uh, if this came out rather than protecting the people that they're supposed to be protecting these young girls. So um, I, I think it's an important watch for people to understand. Um, but that being said, again, it, it's going to be a rough watch. It's not something that you're going to sit down and want to watch. If you're trying to feel, you know, trying to find that happy go lucky story. That's, this isn't that. Um, and, and it's, again, I, I think it's an important watch for people, but it's definitely uh troubling to say the least and you hope usa gymnastics is has better smarter people in charge but again it it seemed to be kind of a big issue in all of usa gymnastics not one or two people i a couple things in that area i have appreciated the voice that the the girls involved in gymnastics and ladies in gymnastics have had for a while on this topic, as soon as it kind of blew up, it seemed like there's been a lot of strong individuals, uh, particularly some of the members of the gymnastics mm-hmm. team in, in the previous Olympics, really stepping up, being very vocal about it, uh, drawing lines. And I very much appreciate it. I have appreciated seeing that and hope it continues. Um, it's sickening. Just the whole whole thing is sickening. Uh, people that you thought were great, like the Carolis, um, obviously aren't. And um, now that Dr. Nasser at Michigan State, um, you know, not somebody that I think a lot of us really knew about before all this. Um, and, and I think a lot of people in these in these cases tend to be like that, um, you know, talk about Penn State and talk about other places. Um, I can't believe Penn State hasn't had or Penn State, excuse me, Michigan State hasn't had worse problems. Than they've had they had this topic that was terrible and obviously showed a systemic problem within their athletics, but also their basketball team had a lot floating around about them and their football team 
had a lot floating around about him. And I'm just shocked that that university hasn't had a bigger um, impact from all these terrible things that have happened. I think these people have lost their jobs. And yes, there's the, the PR hit. But I'm shocked there hasn't been bigger. I mean, Penn State took a solid punishment and, may, and maybe not justify. Like maybe it's not didn't even reach what it should have been. But I'm just surprised we haven't seen similar out of Michigan State. Um, and I and I was talking about that this, this weekend, uh, actually, this exact topic. I, I don't know if this was this documentary was the reason I was having this conversation. Um, but, uh, yeah, I I'm I bet you I watch this. Um, at some point, maybe not tonight, but at some point, because uh, we always get real excited about the gymnastics at the Olympics. Like that's one of the, you know, every four years we get excited about it kind of thing. And um, yeah, it's it's terrible what's happened there. I'd rather not win gold medals if uh, yeah, if that's if what anything it takes, even I, towards this has say, to happen for that to happen. If yeah. that's what it takes to win gold medals, I, I'm with you. I don't nope. want to be a part of it. I'm so yeah, I, I guess to your Michigan State point, that's you're right. Um, the basketball and football program kind of had some scandals that seem to disappear really quickly. Um, when it's happened at a university that's had all this happen too with the gymnast, like it's just. I, I think the troubling aspect of that is I, I think that goes on in a lot of college campuses in this country, with in general, not just with athletic teams. And I think. That if we as a society actually did some investigating into that, we would see a lot of stuff we don't like, and we'd see a lot of people covering it up for reasons that we don't like. We saw it at JMU, so I, I don't know what to say other than it, it's a bigger problem, and again, kind of like other stuff, uh, until we take it more important and prioritize that over sports, uh, I, you could have an argument that we are not a healthy society when it comes to sports, and you would not be wrong. That's pretty accurate. All right. You know anything I need to know? Other than that? Um... <laughs> <laughs> I got a quick one, and, and we can get yeah, out of here. Yeah, let's just J- go with that. We're already on time. JMU video board is sitting inside that building now. That thing looks awesome. I saw their uh, JMU Sports tweeted out uh, Monday, and it, it just looks awesome. It's what's been missing from the combo. When you go there, there's only those you know scoreboards at the end and a and – a, digital scoreboard in the middle. This is going to be a big video board in the middle like you expect from a brand new Coliseum. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be cool. It's just kind of a milestone point. If they're putting that up, they're getting close. And they better be because, you know, the original schedule would have basketball games being played there in November. Um, So they need to get that going. And uh, it is. It looks good. I actually drove around the building this past weekend. I had a a run up to Harrisonburg uh, for vehicular needs. And I ended up driving right past it this weekend. And it's been cool watching that process go on in Harrisonburg. And I mean, to have something like that in the Valley, a building of that stature, is just really cool. I'm looking forward to going to games there when I feel comfortable going into big crowds. I look forward to going to games there and seeing what kind of events they can have there other than the obvious JMU basketball. And I'd love to see VHSL get super sites going back again at some point, if they go back down to the four classifications that they've rumored um, maybe something like that can happen again. Um, I think that was some of their issues on the old, on the six class cycle is just having too many venues, too many te- too many teams still in it late. Um, so I'm hoping that's something that come back and that's a venue that we could be, uh, going to watch those games, hopefully calling games. Uh, so that would be very cool. So, uh, JMU Atlantic union bank center, Atlantic union, whatever it's called. 
That's UVA a weird way. Court. That's a weird way to pronounce Tyler Nichols' name. Tyler Nichols Center is is coming along, even though he's going to be at some top level D one school. <laughs> still <laughs> name it that. It, it makes more sense than you. having UVA Court. So uh, Nickel uh, Court can still be the name no matter where he's at, right? Yeah, I mean, you said the JMU video board was kind of what was missing. That and wins on the men's side of the program, but yeah. I haven't paid much attention to the men. The, the women's team is who I've been going to see. I've been in that Coliseum way many more times than uh, for the women than the men's, and so I'm excited to go watch a women's game there uh, as soon as I feel comfortable doing that. So. Yeah, I, I have a lot more happy memories of the women's team than the men's team in that building, but yeah. All right, well, on that note, with the sunny disposition of JMU's men's basketball program, we will close this week's episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. You can follow us on Twitter at Yak Sports Pod. We're on Facebook, Yak Sports Pod, or you can email us, yaksportspod at gmail.com if you have any comments, questions, or topics that you think we should be talking about. Obviously, without sports, we welcome all topics. Uh, and again, we thank Jeff Wright for his opinion and uh, question on questions that he asked in terms of topics this week. Uh, make sure you subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify so you never miss another episode. Be sure to tell your friends, too. Uh, once high school sports do start, whenever that is, Leela and I will be on the ground uh, running there with information and talking about those high school sports as much as we can and the coverage that they are being provided through all of our local media outlets. And uh, we'd like to thank the local media that does come on and talk to us. And we'd like to thank all of our guests who come on and yeah. talk to us, even though we didn't we're, have one this week. We're leaving them alone right now. Cause we're going to use them up once their sports actually happening. We're right. letting those guys uh, not come on here and tread water. Like we're not asking Patrick Hyde what his favorite cartoon is right now. We're we not really asking should, Cody Elliott. Uh, I kind of want to uh, know what Patrick's <laughs> favorite cartoon was and Cody's. I mean, these are questions that aren't asked again. If they were ever to come on 40 sports, <laughs> they would definitely be asked. Their favorite anime. We'll, we'll get them movie, when they. But... We'll get them when they are talking sports. We're not going to waste their time now talking about uh, no sports happening. So. Yeah, but anyway, uh, until next week, folks. We hope you enjoyed the X Sports podcast for Leela McRae. I'm Joe Deck. Thanks. Have a good one. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.